We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime and Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and as always I'm joined by Sean Siegel, the co-host here on the Road of His Overtime podcast, and of course the host of the Stadium Bananas podcast as well. If you haven't checked it out, I know Sean's been mentioning on Stadium Bananas, to make sure you're subscribed to the feed, I do mention it sometimes here. Make sure you're subscribed to that Stadium Bananas podcast feed, as well as the Road of His OT feed. Um, slight change of schedule, they're monday kind of recap is now pushed back it's wednesday and friday so two shows a week but highly recommend heading over and checking out those episodes a great show this wednesday yet again so make sure you check that out after listening through today's episode but this is the thursday edition of the road of his overtime podcast and uh, we will be talking through as we do in a lot of our thursday shows some of the zero rb watch list sean as we record this one though Lots of news coming out around, uh, you know, different COVID protocols, players going on the, the COVID list. There's been a lot between Tuesday and Wednesday in terms of names being added to the list. So full disclaimer, I guess, when the information were given, uh, things could change between now and the games on Thursday or, uh, you know, Saturday this week with the Saturday games or Sunday. So hopefully we don't get any more uh, kind of outbreaks or anything like that. But um we're into week 15 it has been a, a long season with nfl injuries it, it's felt like it's uh kind of been injury after injury after injury when you're looking at the news feeds and, and now obviously we're mixing this into it and we had last week where there was a lot of changes uh, to people's lineups particularly with the charger situation but it's going to be a lot more closely monitored heading into week 15 to see how things play out but sean it is week 15 it is the fantasy playoffs uh it's added uh, more chaos to the mix but uh ready ready to uh, unpack it all here yeah i mean this is the this is the time of the season that we've spent the whole year pointing toward 
it's a lot of fun. The games last week were fantastic. We mentioned on the first show of the week that uh, you had to score some points last week to get through, which considering how many people are hurt and how many people are missing games for other reasons, the fact that we had such a high scoring week, uh, that's both very exciting and yet, yet a little bit intimidating when you think about how many points you might need to score even in this environment. Now, we have a, a variety of different things going on this week. we we'll enter the quarterfinals in most formats. A lot of leagues still do allow waivers, and some even have open waivers during the week. And so you've got to be very attentive to be the first person to hit the waiver wire when one of your guys is declared out. In a lot of these FFPC and similar formats, waivers are done for the season. So call it in our main event. We have the players that we have, and we'll have to try to figure out how to make that roster cover all the starting lineup positions in our FFPC best ball tournament. We have the 18 guys that we have and anybody who goes on the protocol like a Jarvis Landry that just takes us down one more player. Uh, Colin, we'll talk a little bit more about that on the Saturday show. But week 14, very exciting. I expect more fireworks in week 15. And one of the things that we did see this past week was that the stars got healthy. In a couple of different situations. Now, uh, Ben and I talked about Dalvin Cook on yesterday's episode of Stealing Bananas. The other big NFC back to kind of break back into it and look exactly like his old self in week 14 was Alvin Kamara. Rushes 27 times, goes over 100 yards. He and Taysom Hill carry the Saints. And Colin, he's doing it in a very different way. But as I mentioned in the Zero RB Watch, with this game, Kamara actually went ahead of Najee Harris in terms of average expected points among running backs who are healthy. Derrick Henry had a little bit higher number when he went out for the season earlier this year. But Kamara now into this category where he has more than 20 expected points per game. The real difference here is how he's doing it, right? He's got more expected points in the run game than he usually has. It's also been a real challenge without Drew Brees and without the offense that usually surrounds him. When you go in and look at his advanced running back stats, they're poor. Now, one of the things about that is that he still has handled the heavy volume. Najee Harris, his stats are poor as well. But we saw him break out for a nice game in week 14. I think the interesting thing here for Kamara is that when you look at fantasy points over expectation, he's been a guy who in three of his four previous seasons averaged over three per game and called, he had two games with six points per game more than expected. You think about that, that like every game you go out there for an entire season and you score at a level that's worth a touchdown more than what your workload indicated. Well, this season he is actually slightly below average Again, that makes a little bit more sense within the context of a broken offense and within the context of some of the injuries that he's had to deal with. But his week 14 game had to give people confidence. Yeah, and you something you mentioned a moment ago is that you needed a lot of points kind of to, to win in week 14. It feels like week 15, you just need to have enough players to fill your starting lineup and you have a, a shot there because your opponent may not have enough guys to, to slot in but uh, it was very positive to see Kamara back looking healthy obviously missed a couple of games the key part here and um, for people in season-long or dynasty leagues is if those rosters have been able to make it to this point it's interesting even looking at the best ball tournament Sean that myself and yourself are involved in over at the FFPC 
I haven't seen too many Alvin Kamara teams between last week and this week uh, in the mix. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if some of those guys have progressed. Just missing out on those couple of weeks, but he looked really good in this one. Uh, concern sometimes is with Taysom Hill in there is does that take the work away from Kamara? The other thing that we obviously knew with Drew Brees is uh, in that offense was that we were going to get a, a huge kind of target floor on a, on a weekly basis almost uh, you know getting into those double digit targets on, on occasions and this past week he he did have five targets which was positive to see four receptions just the 25 yards but that worked out at almost a quarter off the Saints target share uh, 0.24 so 24 percent for him so we can see that this offense isn't going to pass the ball a lot but that also means that there's going to be a lot of work there for him so uh, I think you know in terms of sometimes and I, I kind of joked with you a few times about this with some of the players that we missed out on in the last two weeks in the the main event team but if those guys are back and are healthy and, and don't have those it's almost like having two additional bye weeks as we head to the sprint for the the big money so somebody like Kamara coming back and, and having missed those weeks he he did look you know it's always hard to tell I don't think at this point of the season many players are at 100% in the NFL in terms of health wise but he looked really good in this one 27 carries for him 120 yards on the ground one touchdown and um I also think the team aren't probably going to saddle him with 30 plus touches if they think that he's you know struggling back from that injury so looks like he is pretty much all the way back and I think if you have him in those lineups and we're able to get him true to this point in your your playoff rosters, I think um, you're in a really strong spot. Um, Kamara looks looks to be in a really strong position here. Yeah, the tough part is just that th- that is too much work, right? You you really want your star running back, especially you prefer you know 18 rushes and 10 targets than what we're getting here in this way. Exactly, exactly. And I think I mean maybe a more reasonable one would be something like 15 and eight, right? So you're trying to stay below. 25 touches you're trying to make sure that those touches are skewed in the high value direction that when you have sort of these low value touches they go to somebody else they did include tony jones in this game he was stuffed on almost all of his carries he had a nice little reception there uh, we assume they'll be getting mark ingram back and that will siphon off some of the touches the problem here is that there aren't the high value touches to replace the low value touches with and so from a point expectation we would expect Camara to be a little bit lower going forward but you know I mean he's over 12 EP per game just as a rusher this season that's way above where he's been in the past it's got to be where above where they want him to be we know that there's going to be a lot of randomness around the injuries but there's no question that individual touches expose you to potential injury and that that kind of trade-off of touches to injury risk is not skewed in the direction that we like when you're getting these low-value touches that are handoffs, obviously, outside of the red zone. And so, you know, when you have some other backs to take those, you prefer that they do that almost. Now, Kamara is one of these guys where he could break a long touchdown at any moment. So his low-value touches are a little bit different than a few of the players who don't have that upside. But, I mean... Even someone who has no interest in his sort of long-term career, if you're playing him at all in fantasy, you probably want to see him touch the ball a little bit less, which is a a strange thing to say for people we're rooting for in uh, all of these different leagues. Colm, somebody else that had an interesting game in week 14, and it really just is a, a polarizing player 
this season, throughout his entire career as an NFL running back, as a fantasy running back, that would be David Montgomery. And one of the things I, I find interesting here, we talked a little bit about dynasty values, things that you can do, buy, sells, how to use the strength of schedule streamer to make the most of your teams. And Montgomery was one of our big hits last year where he had sort of a difficult schedule. Then he had this amazing schedule down the stretch. Uh, we still get people who message us about how that really helped them win a fantasy title last season. It's interesting that outside of that stretch, Montgomery really hasn't been particularly good, right? As a rookie, he averaged just 1.9 yards after contact, even though he came into the NFL and that was sort of his calling card as a prospect. Up until that point where he hit that schedule last season, so his first 25 NFL games, he was averaging minus two fantasy points out over expectation per game, which those of us who have Nahi Harris in, in one format or another know that that's kind of the range that he has been in this season. He has the fast finish. He comes into this year and you know, we're thinking maybe all is solved, but you know it hasn't been. Right, we look at Montgomery's season, 67% of his 2021 appearance, he's been back in the negative in terms of fantasy points over expectation. He's down to just 14.5 points per game. He's only got three running back one finishes. And yet I think that you could make the case that the fantasy managers who have him in dynasty and are not willing to sell him, which is almost all of anybody that kind of sort of reached out to, as Montgomery a piece to kind of close the deal or get across this gap. And we're not saying Montgomery is a throw-in, but Montgomery as sort of a, a in a two-for-three trade or a two-for-two two where maybe you're giving up the best player. And so the two players on the other side need to be good. Most of the time, you know, that's been stonewalled pretty significantly. And, and perhaps that does make sense, even though he has so many red flags. So he comes into this game, he'd had over 14 expected points in the receiving game last week. That was the first time that he'd had an RB1 load purely from a receiving perspective this season. And then the question is, can he maintain that into a game where Justin Fields is there? So we know that we have these rush viable QBs. And in some of the games this season, the, the Bears haven't really deployed fields that way they've almost seemed to give the impression that they're telling him you know look we'll save that for down the line let's try and develop you as a passer you know stay in the pocket try and make the plays there but fields has run a little bit more he's looked a little bit better as a rusher he looked a little bit better as a rusher in this game we know that that can be an issue when you're trying to get targets to the running back right and we also know that this offense has not been particularly efficient, which cuts down on the high value sort of goal line-ish touches for someone like Montgomery. He has the big game in week 13. He comes back in week 14 with seven targets, six catches, 39 yards. I think that this is a very positive sign for Montgomery because again, he's not going to be that guy like a Jonathan Taylor or an Alvin Kamara where he creates chunk plays, where he runs for 70-yard touchdowns. He has to be someone who is in some ways can approximate maybe what Le'Veon Bell did, where Bell is not going to be a highlight back, but he's a goal line back. He's a receiving back. Montgomery has to be a high value touch extraordinaire to make good with what his rushing profile is. Yeah. So after that, I'm trying to decide if we're, how we feel about Montgomery. I am, I haven't been a Montgomery fan. I know he had, had the big hit on him last year, but watching the Packers Bears game this past week, you know, obviously 
it was quite an exciting game. I'm sure for the neutral, the second quarter was kind of out of control. But this Bears offense at the moment, and you know, I'm hoping even as a Packers fan that Justin Fields is going to continue to develop and be the exciting prospect we we hoped he would be coming into the NFL. But I think this offense is it's quite bland. But there was a lot of smoke and mirrors in terms of how they got the points this past week. But that also might bode well for David Montgomery more in the passing game. The issue is going to be when we're looking for the high value touches inside the red zone i have a lot of concerns in my, around how many of those the bears are going to be able to create on a weekly basis so i think we talked about how we want the workload to split for alvin kamara we'll see what happens when mark ingram comes back if that falls more in his favor my, my concern with kamara in the sense is that there's not going to be enough passing volume to make that happen um you know in terms of how they want to operate that offense through Taysom hill but with montgomery I do think they are going to use him as the lead back, but the efficiency tends to uh, dip in and out very quickly. And if we can get that consistency, can be can be really hard. So, are you thinking that as we go in here to the playoff stretch, that Montgomery is somebody who who we should be should be targeting? I think he's a real wild card, right? At this point, we finally, and this is something we've talked about a little bit on ceiling bananas, but we finally in the last couple of weeks are starting to get a pretty clear picture of who the league winners are going to be from a star perspective. We've got a pretty good sense of who the sleepers are and who these guys who come out of nowhere or who could, you know, they're primed, but we don't know, but they're ready to take off. Montgomery kind of fits into this. I mean, he was an expensive player and yet we don't know, right? Because we don't know how the Chicago Bears offense is going to look. We don't know how good he is going to be. I think the positive here, and one of the reasons why I was reaching out and trying to acquire Montgomery a month ago was that he has some positives. And so you don't mind having him on your team to see what could happen with this wide range of outcomes, but he also has these concerns. And one of the concerns is that Khalil Herbert has been the best back on the team. You go into the advanced stat explorer, you check out some of the peripherals there. You look at the evasion rates, his evasion rate is twice as high. It's more than twice as high as David Montgomery's. That's something that we've also seen on the field, right? where he's better at avoiding the first tackler without getting hit. He's better at turning a broken tackle into a longer run. And I mean, he's more of a, a highlight play back. Now, again, he's not one of these 60, 70 yard at a time chunk runners, but he's someone who can create those 15 yard runs on occasion. And those are nice, right? You get a couple of those throughout the game. And instead of sitting there at the end of 60 yards or sitting there at the end of 80 yards, a couple points, you know, over the course of a season, that's great for you. As a fantasy manager, it's great for the Bears team. The thing here that I think really plays in a Montgomery's favor, and we've seen this, and I was a little bit surprised by this, but they are very committed to him, right? He came back as soon as he was healthy. He was the guy. And you look in this game here, and Damian Williams actually has the slight edge on Herbert in terms of workload. So we don't know if maybe there's something going on behind the scenes where maybe Herbert isn't 100%. And they're really just kind of mothballing and saving him for later. But if that's the case, why did he go out there, you know, and get a touch? I think the fact that Montgomery is the main guy and really almost exclusively the guy, I mean, this there's, there's no hint of a committee here. There's no, okay, we're going to siphon off some of your touches. The Bears are not the kind of offense that's going to create enough total running back touches. So with the Saints, where we almost are looking for a way to limit Kamara and make sure that those touches don't get too high and are skewed in the high-value direction, with Montgomery, we're trying to figure out how to create some more touches because the offense is so bad. Well, the fact that his market share of running back touches is so high and has continued to be so high coming back after these other guys look good, 
that's a very long-term positive for him. It's also something that could play into his favor in the fantasy playoffs, especially if Fields can stay healthy, can move the ball. We had, as you mentioned, some fluky plays in this game. Grant was uh, blowing the top off of the defense, the special teams, getting some scores in a hurry. Those big plays kind of ramp up the overall points environment in the game. They contribute to Devontae Adams and uh, Aaron Rodgers having a huge game. So those are fun plays you like to see if you're kind of rooting for the back and forth. I think that Montgomery here could go very much in either direction, but you have to love the fact that the Bears love him. And so that part of it I like. And this little spurt here he's having as a receiver, you know, if he has a six-catch game uh, in week 17, then he's going to be an RB1 and you're going to win your fantasy title. Hey, everybody. This is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast. Just stopping by to say thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sean, I usually mention it at the start uh, when we do go through the Zero RB report, but this week you are on NFC duty. So listeners may have picked that up already as we talk through some of the NFC teams here. Any other key tidbits or, or info that you wanted to share around the NFC and those backfields? Well, it was an interesting one, I think, that the Giants, right, in, in a blowout loss where they trailed from the beginning and were never competitive, that they were able to get 32 running back opportunities out there. Now, again, for Saquon Barkley fans, it, it kind of depends on how you look at it, right? Because we talked about trying to limit those touches to the point where just the injury risk isn't so, so high. And Barkley does get 19 opportunities. I think the thing that's frustrating is that he was out-targeted by Devontae Booker 5-3. to three. That's that's not what we want, right? Now, Barkley does score the garbage time TD. He gets on in on a short reception there. He manages almost 100 yards from scrimmage. You're excited about that within the context of what he's delivered to this point. But, I mean, there wasn't a big difference, if any at all, in terms of Barkley and Booker, in terms of explosiveness in this game. That part is maybe a little bit disconcerting. And for Barkley fans... I mean, he needs to be this elite receiver, right? That's how he exploded onto the scene as a rookie. That's what makes him so dynamic. It's not to denigrate his ability to run between the tackles, 
but especially coming off of the multiple injuries and not maybe having the confidence, even if he doesn't necessarily sense that, even if it's, you know, one of these kind of buried types of things, you know, when you've had a knee injury, when you've had an ankle injury, you just can't be wanting to get hit. And so one of the things that we've seen from Alvin Kamara, where, I mean, his ability as a pure rusher has proven out the season has been extremely impressive. We know Barkley can do it. I mean, he's a big back, right? He's got that incredible athleticism, but also the size. So from that perspective, just so similar to Jonathan Taylor. Now, maybe not quite the straight line speed, but, you know, Barkley is the big back version of Christian McCaffrey. We know he can run between the tackles. That's still not where we want him to get the ball. Every time that he touches it, you're like, ah, I mean, when he goes down, you're thinking, hopefully not knee injury, but you are thinking, you know, that could be an ankle. That could be an ankle. Like, get him the ball out there in space. So the target profile in this one, pretty disappointing. We want Barkley to go out there, catch 10 passes. I mean, this is a game where your team is blown out. How is Barkley not catching eight passes? How does he not have the ball in space? That part of it, I think, is frustrating. And yet at the same time, things are moving in a positive direction. Yeah, there's some positives and there's there's some negatives and there's a lot of concern. Obviously, when we come into the season, we knew that he was coming back from injury. We were hoping that he was going to have a, a full workload, get a lot of work in the passing game. We did have a lot of concerns around the Giants offense and even the, the coaching staff and how things would play out there. But yeah, this season overall, from expectations coming in to what has happened, it's probably like, if not worst case scenario, pretty pretty close to it. And the the concern that I would have at the moment is there there's not a watching the game, there's not a huge amount of difference between when you see Barkley with the ball and when you see Booker with the ball. And that would be my main concern overall. Um as we more so as we head into next season. Um, you know, if you have him again, like I mentioned earlier with Kamara, if you've made it to the playoffs and you have him in there, obviously you're gonna want to play him and hope that uh, big things are coming. But just so much concerns around the efficiency of that uh, new york giants offense at the moment heading into next year sean um obviously we were talking about him this year as a first round pick um as he was coming back from that injury towards draft time then was drifting into the back end of the first round into the second round and, and some points prior to the season with the the injury news that was was circulating at the time how great are the concerns um in terms of you know next season for dynasty for redraft um feels like the concerns at this point are, are pretty real i know another f- couple of months further off the injury but there's also some concerns that that maybe what he had pre those first injuries um has maybe taken a bit of a toll here yeah i think that partly we don't know because we don't know some of the important context for next season we have to imagine that he'll have a new coaching staff, obviously a new offensive coordinator at the very least, and how they decide to deploy him, especially if he does make his end of the season healthy, if he goes through a full healthy offseason, if he comes back and we're getting these you know, greatest form of his life types of reports and we can be confident that the Giants will want to use him as a receiver, you know, then it's back to this question of, okay, well, what about the surrounding pieces? Do we have confidence in the game plan that he's going to be used as a Christian McCaffrey-ish back? You know, what is the situation with the quarterback play? And I don't think that Daniel Jones has necessarily been the problem here as much as he's not the solution. And so when you are in this kind of, you know, what you might say Derek Carr early on in his career, Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, those types of players, even say like a Taylor Heineke, 
the question for you is not so much even really about yourself because you know that you're not going to be the guy who can win the games, but what's the team going to be around you? And that's a little bit what we're seeing play out in Miami right now with Tua, where he's not going to carry them to the playoffs. I mean, he's not going to be an Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be a Patrick Mahomes. And so then the question is, how good is the rest of the team? Because you need the rest of your team to be above average, and then you need to be able to do your part without making too many mistakes. If the Giants were good, right? If the Giants had the Minnesota Vikings talent, then I don't think there would be questions about Daniel Jones. Because they do not, and because they're a dysfunctional franchise, we're into the situation where he may also get jettisoned. And that's just kind of the way it works, too, right? I mean, if you're an NFL quarterback and you're not a star, then you're always in this fragile position. So we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be in 2022. We need to be in a situation where the offense doesn't destroy his chance to get high value touches, because that's essentially what's happened this season, along with just the games that he has missed. I mean, he's not been a big impact player when he has played. And so we would actually need a lot of things to go right now for him to be a first round pick in 2022. We have this group of players, which I think does still include obviously Christian McCaffrey, who are pretty clear cut first rounders. We have ascending players who maybe people aren't thinking about as first rounders right now, but by the time everything boils out and you get to those last couple of weeks next August, the guys are going to be going in the first round. I think he gets pushed down more into, you know, almost the Joe Mixon type of range. And now, especially you know, before this recent run that Mixon has been on, you'd be like, oh well, I mean, Barkley in the Mixon range seems like blasphemy, but we have to continue to adjust to the new information that we have. And one of the things, too, is just it, it's very frustrating. But even for the backs who just recently came into the NFL, they're not getting any younger. And one of the things that we've seen with the Ezekiel Elliott situation, for example, is there's a difference between best shape of your life and having the explosiveness that you need to be an impact NFL player. I mean, you can get into fantastic shape. You can have not any clear injuries and yet not still be the same guy. Right, because those small gradations in elite athleticism make a difference at the kind of level that we're playing at right now. And so, you know, all of those things are concerns for Barkley. You know, I, I made I went out and made a big push to acquire him in the dynasty league recently. Uh, it didn't work out because a bunch of other guys also got hurt, and so that team went down. Now I have the question of what am I going to do with him? For next season, I think that you've got to be open both to buying and selling to be very creative with pieces like a Barkley or pieces like an Elliott. Where I mean, even with all of the issues that he has, you're not going to give him away, but you're going to have to work hard to create packages where it makes sense to sell. And it might even be in a weird situation where now you want to accept Elliott as a throw in you know, when you're buying somebody else, right? So we want to be creative with these backs. We do know that we need to get some value or a few running back points in dynasty to be competitive one of the things that this season though has just demonstrated so clearly is even in dynasty where you have to have the you know better than the best possible redraft lineup so much of that needs to come from the wide receiver position you know your depth there needs to be so crazy that you could even think and i mean i've had a couple of teams this year where i just i didn't want to cannibalize the rest of the roster in order to field viable QBs in the super flex. So I'm like, if it all breaks in my favor, great. If I have to be patient, I'm going to be, I'm not going to lose these 23, 24 year old wide receiver stars 
for a QB that I'm not even sure can play in the NFL. And that has worked out because the great depth creates a situation where now, I mean, this has been a season where we've lost a lot of wide receivers to injury. It's been a lot of a season where we, you know, weekly have wide receivers who miss because of COVID. And so you have that depth, but then when those guys score enough points, you can even play them in the super flex. Now, you know, they're not going to light it up. It's not like having two top 10 QBs, but a lot of the other QB options out there, I mean, on a weekly basis, the gap may not be that great. Again, depending a little bit on your format and how many points those quarterbacks can actually score. So we want to be creative as we put these deals together. We have to be kind of conservative in terms of how much we pay for running back and look at just a lot of different pathways to get those backs in there. Colin, I love Saquon Barkley. He was too expensive to acquire before this season. And so, I mean, this is really the first year that I have some decent exposure because price matters, right? I mean, you have a limited ability to get guys who are so unbelievable that the price, whether it's because you have to be in the top two picks of a redraft or you have to pay, you know, three, four, five prospects in Dynasty. I've had him this season. It's been fun in some ways. I think that he still can be a star, but the price has reflected all of these risks and the risks are playing out in a variety of ways this season, both missing games and not scoring a lot of points when he's in there. Yeah, and you mentioned it there, like we're both uh, we're both big fans of Saquon Barkley, so we're hoping uh, that things will will bounce back to its kind of former glory. But we'll we'll see how that plays out over the next couple of weeks and then into the twenty twenty two season. But uh, great advice there from Sean around the rosters, and it's interesting at the moment with those super flex leagues. There has been injuries at the quarterback position, and there has been just some duds in terms of weekly performances. So. Sometimes those uh, wide receivers are are quite easily uh, outscoring some of those quarterbacks over the last kind of five or six weeks, um, unless you have a Josh Allen who, uh, <laughs> who thankfully I have quite a bit of uh, putting up those big weeks like he did last week. But Sean, we will be back on Saturday for another show. We um, are bringing three shows a week. We will see what the following week brings. We may drop the show on the Saturday. We may drop it earlier in the week because it's coming into the holiday season here, but we'll keep those shows coming your way. As always, if you want to sign up for a Rotoviz NFL pass, you can do so over at rotoviz.com. Use the promo code RVRADIO2021 to save 10% at checkout. You can also find more information on that at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. If you have any uh, questions or, or strategy questions, dynasty questions, as we get into that time of the year, maybe you're thinking about how you should approach that roster heading in to next season send them my way on twitter at overtime ireland or you can also email them over at overtime ireland at gmail.com or rotovizradio at gmail.com my name is colin kelly as i mentioned there you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host is sean siegel check out all of sean's work up on rotoviz.com and until we're back on saturday with another show have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.